we will discuss why the disparities exist, some basic financial terms, and instruments to build net worth to hopefully close the gap. And remember that it is never too late to build wealth so that you can enjoy your best life. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. My name is Tamaria Jordan, and I am excited today to introduce to you Mr. Keith Kelly. He is a retired financial analyst and certified public accountant And he shares on this episode his perspective on why Black net worth is significantly less than white net worth. Some estimates reflect that average Black net worth is about $35,000, while white net worth is approximately $150,000. As part of that exploration, he discusses why the disparity exists, some basic financial terms, and instruments to build net worth to close the gap. Uncle Keith, as he is so affectionately known to me, has helped me save personally to purchase my first home at age 25. So this information, I know you will find valuable and insightful. And I don't say this just because he's my uncle. I say this because he has helped me and many others throughout the years. Now, please take note, as a disclaimer, this presentation is informational in nature only and is not meant to provide financial advice. These nuggets of wisdom aren't only meant to educate, they are meant to inspire change, which ultimately leads to transformation. So I'd like to welcome Mr. Keith Kelly. Good afternoon, Tamaria. Thank you for inviting me. And hopefully the information that I share uh, would be beneficial uh, to some of your listeners. As she stated in the introduction, we will discuss why the disparities exist, some basic financial terms, and instruments to build net worth to hopefully close the gap. Some of the disparities exist as a result of wage disparities in employment, higher interest rates on auto mortgage and education loans, higher insurance rates for auto, home, and health insurance, home value appreciation, and wealth transference. Many of those disparities are systemic and uncontrollable. However, Some can be mitigated by maintaining better credit scores, basic or better physical and mental health, and better maintenance of our appreciable assets, such as our homes. Relative to wealth transference, we need to implement wills, powers of attorneys, trust, etc., to ensure the wealth moves from one generation to the next. Some of the basic financial terms are things such as cash flow, which equals the amount of income minus the monthly expenses, an asset, which is something that you own, such as cash, automobile, real property, personal property, life insurance, retirement accounts. Liabilities is something that you owe, generally governed by a contract, such as a mortgage or auto loan. Liquidity, liquidity is the speed at which an asset can be disposed of. Some examples of liquid assets include cash, investment accounts, life insurance, 
cash of end of values, and net worth. Net worth equals assets minus liabilities. As stated earlier, black net worth is significantly less than white net worth, and that disparity impacts our political power, our health, our communities, and our education. There are several ways to build net worth. You can build net worth using investment techniques, obviously uh, purchasing homes, taking care of your, your, your physical and mental self, as well as transference of the existing wealth that you accumulate. Some of those wealth building techniques includes utilizing cash to cover your everyday expenses, that reduces the risk of increased credit card or payday lender debt. You should have an emergency cash fund, which is a separate fund to cover you in case of a job loss or prolonged illness. You should consider taxable investment accounts. If you own a home, you should be leery of utilizing the equity that you've developed in that home. If you have to use it, it should be only in an emergency situation. You should utilize retirement accounts, take advantage of employer matches, and contribute pre-tax dollars, which allows you to bring home higher pay, and also consider increasing contributions annually as you receive raises or bonuses. If you, had, if you have kids, uh, you should consider 529 or other pre-tax or tax-free college savings plans. Some of those plans, as a, re a result of the recent a tax law change, some of those funds can actually be used to pay for pre-secondary education. But you should certainly consider those, and the earlier you make those investments for your young child, the more significant the growth, and obviously the more manageable the educational cost will be. You should make sure that you have sufficient insurance coverages. You know, ask yourself the question, do you have adequate auto limits, replacement costs if you own a home, do you have adequate health coverage? Do you have a general liability insurance policy for coverages over, over and above liabilities uh, covered by auto and homeowner policies? And what I mean by that, if you have a $300,000 liability limit on your auto insurance and you unfortunately were in an accident and were sued uh, individually for a million dollars, then you would have to pay the $700,000 $700, difference. So a general liability uh, insurance policy may cover you in that instance. So you can mitigate that by increasing the limits on your auto insurance over and above what your state may require. However, if you do own a home, I would suggest that you also purchase an umbrella or general liability policy. So you want to have sufficient insurance coverage. You want to maintain good physical and mental health as that reduces medical costs. You want to do some estate planning. You know, write a will, have someone complete a power of attorney if necessary, and have discussions with your heirs about what to do, you know, in that untimely circumstance. You know, if there are more than one heir, should the property be sold and the proceeds split? Making this decision early could help mitigate the loss of the property due to unpaid taxes or other circumstances. You want to avoid reverse mortgages unless you fully understand the ramifications of the contract. You want to limit your automobile debt. What I mean by that, everybody obviously needs a car for transportation, but that doesn't mean that you need the $100,000 car. So you want to limit your automobile debt. 
You want to limit your mortgage or your rental expenses to a reasonable amount of income, generally 30%. That will allow you to then save in some of the other more liquid wealth building options. You want to control your educational debt. I understand that education is very important to us and it has benefited us. But with the cost of college, I think it's very prudent today to explore whether or not engaging in higher educational debt would reap you the reward that you think. So I think there should be a careful analysis done there. You want to limit your home equity loans. Again, only in emergencies uh, would I recommend you taking out a home equity loan, certainly not to purchase an automobile or anything in that nature, specifically now that the tax law uh, has basically uh, rendered that deduction useless in most cases. You want to limit early withdrawals from retirement accounts. This obviously avoids uh, taxes and penalties. You want to take the required minimum distributions from your retirement accounts when you're required at age 72. That, too, also avoids penalties. You want to avoid scams. And when possible, you want to do projects yourself. I've found that doing projects myself have saved a lot of money. And some of those projects, or may not what we consider projects, something as simple as, as, as ironing my own shirts on a Sunday for the work week and making my own lunch for the work week could save you, you know, $50, $60, $70 a week, uh, which at the end of the year could add up to uh, quite a significant amount of money. So do it yourself is another uh, important tool uh, that I would suggest you use as far as building uh, wealth in America. Now, some of the common investment options that you would probably use, obviously you have cash, uh, and then you have cash equivalents, and those are such things as CDs, money markets. Any savings is better than no savings, and any interest is better than no interest. So if cash and cash equivalents are what you prefer, then I suggest you buy yourself CD and money market accounts to take advantage of at least the return on those. There are stocks, there are bonds, there's real estate, all of those things are appreciable assets and in some cases uh, can be, well, we'll say appreciable assets or can be uh, depre depreciable assets in some, in some cases, particularly real estate. Uh, but for the most part, depending upon the location of the property, how well the, maintain, uh, the property is being maintained and things of that nature, that, that, that property will appreciate. Uh, relative to stocks and bonds, again, you're dependent upon market swings, but typically over time, uh, stocks, again, will appreciate, but there are risks uh, associated with any investment. So uh, while over time they appreciate, there are, are cases where stocks and companies become bankrupt uh, and you can lose that investment. So that's why it's encouraged not to particularly buy one single stock. Uh, with all of your funds, but to diversify that portfolio using a mutual fund or index fund or something of that nature. Typically index funds uh, because they're cheaper than mutual funds. And most of the brokerage companies now allow the purchasing of fractional shares, which is basically, for instance, if we uh, say the Standard & Poor's 500 index, a share of that is $300, they will allow you to invest $100. Uh, towards that one share. If you do make stock investments, I suggest that you make sure that the capital gains and dividends are reinvested. This is a compounding effect that you want to have over a period of time.
and then obviously bonds and debt instruments, uh, typically from your state, federal government, local, state, and federal government. They pay a set amount of interest. The principal is guaranteed, but the interest is, is, is a set amount based on uh, the interest rates uh, set by the federal government. Those are some of the, the investment tools, and others include annuities, and an annuity is a contract between an insurance company and yourself that basically agrees to pay you a certain amount of money at a certain period of time. In essence, it is very similar to a pension. If you work on a job, state or federal government, you may have what they have what they call a defined benefits plan, uh, which is a pension. And, and what that pension does is every month it guarantees you a certain amount of money. Well, an annuity does basically the same thing. However, you would have to purchase that annuity. If that is something that you're considering, I suggest that you read the language very carefully uh, as surrender fees and things of that nature can be pretty expensive. But other than that, they can be a good tool to utilize to build wealth, particularly for retirement. You should also re uh, read the language very well to ensure that you understand how any residual funds in an annuity would be transferred uh, to your heirs. Basically, we've covered those disparities. We've covered some basic financial terms, and we've covered some investment tools. I understand it was quite a bit in a short period of time, but I think if you listen closely, that you will find that a lot of these things are currently at your fingertips. If you're working, there are opportunities to participate in 401ks, if you do not have a uh, defined benefits plan but a defined contribution plan, you can participate in your 401k. If you're doing that again, take advantage of the company match. Make sure that you're pulling in uh, enough to take full advantage of what they're willing to match you. And again, you know, make sure that you increase those contributions annually if possible when you get a raise or if you get a bonus. There are primarily three asset classes that people use to build net worth. They are cash, real estate, and stocks and bonds. Cash is cash, and there is no need to discuss it other than to repeat that you should have adequate cash flow and an emergency fund. Real estate, for many of us, is a home. And while many view this, as a, view this primarily as an investment, I primarily view it as shelter, a nice dry place to lay my head. That view has allowed me to stay within the 30% of debt-to-income ratio that we mentioned in the initial segment. In other words, I did not want to be house-rich and cash-poor. That is important when you consider that HVAC, roof, windows, and doors can cost you tens of thousands of dollars to repair or replace and may not be recouped as they are maintenance items and not capital improvements. This is an asset that is most beneficial when you can limit the borrowing cost and retire the liability as soon as possible. What do I mean by limiting the uh, borrowing cost? Just because you qualify for a $400,000 loan does not mean you have to buy a home for $400,000. In addition, shop around for the most favorable loan terms. This allows you to save in other options, including cash, so that you can pay for those maintenance items versus increasing your debt by a home equity loan. In other words, you may be trading one asset for another 
but the use of your cash is free while the use of someone else's cash is not. This is also important when considering the impact of the recent tax, cha tax changes and whether you are able to deduct the interest. Retiring or paying off that debt as soon as possible can save you thousands of dollars in borrowing costs and allow you to carry less debt into retirement when your income is generally fixed. Again, this is accomplished by looking for the most favorable long, loan terms, including considering a shortened repayment period and paying extra principal when possible. However, early payoff can be counterproductive if you are a disciplined saver and the mortgage has an extremely low interest rate. Investing that extra money in the broader market might provide greater returns over that guaranteed interest savings. Finally, this is the one investment where the premise of do-it-yourself is most beneficial. Again, because maintenance and improvements can be so costly, doing it yourself can provide a tremendous savings. Stocks and bonds. Stocks are basically the purchasing of an ownership interest in a company. Bonds are basically the purchasing of an ownership interest in a loan made to a company or governmental entity. You benefit from stocks via the capital growth of the company and any dividends they pay. Because of the possibilities for growth, stocks are typically a favorite for young investors with a long investment tail, while the opportunity for greater returns are higher, so it's the risk of loss. You benefit from bonds simply as a result of the interest that a loan recipient has agreed to pay. Unlike stocks, there is little to no risk of losing your investment unless you purchase junk bonds or the loan recipient becomes bankrupt. So this investment is a favorite of older Americans. Retirees should consider a portfolio that has a mix, mixture of stocks and bonds. You can purchase stocks and bonds by opening a brokerage account at a bank or brokerage, fund, or brokerage firm, which is usually a taxable account. You can also participate through your 401k plans offered by private employers or 457b plans offered by public employers, which are usually tax-deferred accounts. If you are self-employed, you can open an individual IRA or create a 401k plan for you and your employees. If possible, individuals should have both taxable investment accounts and participate in tax deferral accounts. The taxable account allows you to invest cash for returns over, the, over and above the minuscule interest rates paid on cash savings. Also, you have access to the funds without early withdrawal penalties associated with deferral accounts. Yes, there is the Roth IRA that is sort of, cross, that is sort of a cross between the two that we may discuss in more detail at a later date. The, indu the industry has helped significantly with investment choices and cost. One of the simplest ways is via our index funds and specifically life cycle or target date funds. They are diversified, meaning that they hold many underlying investments to help you reduce risk of loss. And they adjust as you move through your life cycle. For example, you are 25 and planning to retire at age 65. 
you can select a fund with a 40-year lifespan that will be rebalanced from the more aggressive stock positions to the more conservative bond positions as you move through your 40-year life cycle. Family, you should continue to review and adjust your investment plans as your life cycle changes. Remember, Rome was not built overnight and nor is wealth. Develop a plan and stick to it. We will complete our series of presentations covering briefly the tools used to transfer wealth to future generations. There are primarily three tools used to accomplish this, designated beneficiaries, wills, and trust. A beneficiary is a person or persons or entity you name on a bank account, investment account, or life insurance policy to receive death benefits. Naming a beneficiary on those accounts grant immediate access to funds that would otherwise be delayed while probating the will. You should keep beneficiary information updated as your life situation changes, as you do not want those assets going to someone you are no longer involved with. A will is a legal document that spells out your wishes regarding the care of your minor children, as well as the distribution of assets, usually real and personal property, after death. Unlike accounts that designate a beneficiary, distribution of assets governed by the will could be delayed. Failure to prepare a will can leave the asset distribution decisions in the hands of judges and state officials who would not know your wishes. You can prepare a will yourself, but you should always have it witnessed and notarized to reduce the risk of challenges. Wills should also be updated as your life situation changes, and do not forget to name an executor of your will. A trust is a fiduciary relationship wherein one party gives another party the right to hold title to assets for the benefit of a third party. Trusts are active the day that you create them. A trust can take many forms, but is a very effective tool to provide for beneficiaries who are underage or has a mental disability that impairs their ability to manage finances. That means that a trust can be very beneficial for aging Americans. Once a person is able to manage their finances, the trust can then distribute the assets. You should also consider the completion of a power of attorney, which gives a person the power to act on your behalf. The authority, the authority you grant can be broad to cover finance, legal, and health decisions, or limited based on your instructions. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, you should prepare a list of all places you maintain accounts as well as other important documents and assets. Give that list to someone that you trust. We have covered wealth accumulation broadly in this series. To wrap it up, I encourage you to do the following. Identify your goals, develop an individual plan, meet with a certified financial planner for a consultation, which are usually free, Give them your goals and allow them to develop a plan, then scrutinize that plan in comparison to the plan that you developed. Meet with an estate attorney to assist you with the protection and ultimate transference of the accumulated wealth. Thanks for listening, and remember that it is never too late to build wealth so that you can enjoy your best life. As a reminder to our guest, this show is 
informational in nature only. It is not meant to provide financial advice. However, these are nuggets that you can take, that you can research, and that you can build from. And we are just grateful to have Keith Kelly sharing his perspective over the many years of experience that he had working in the financial sector with each of us. So Keith, we are really grateful for your time. We thank you for sharing these nuggets with us and simplifying finance so that we can build net worth. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. Until next time, be blessed.